Hey, welcome to Pastor Interference. I'm Alex. And I'm Kevin. And this is episode three. Today we're going to be in article three of the Christ Community Church Statement of Faith, which of course is the, as you hear the thunder rolling in the background, is the uh, 1859 Abstract of Principles, the Christ Community Church Statement of Faith, um, article three on the Trinity. Um, what's going on, man, though, I that, guess before so, we... Well, I think that's like three and three weeks. Yeah, yeah. And I three... Think we, I think we need to pause three and one talk about that yeah yeah we're on a roll we're doing some some numerology we're into three today mm-hmm. three is exactly yeah where we're headed and you have three sons yeah and i got amos three eight yeah on the wrist you do your rep in the lion for those yeah. of you who are listening on audio he just showed uh kev showed his savage lion tattoo um 60 year old man yeah it out with three is it a, is it a end of life crisis? Because they didn't get them. You done. do have three tattoos. I know. I have three At as age well. Fifty five plus. Yeah, that's savage. Mike has three. Um, Brett has a lot more than that. Brett's so, covered. There's a lot of three going on today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna uh, talk about the Detroit Tigers here too in a minute. So the Trinity and the Tigers. How many World Series do the Tigers have? More than three, mm-hmm. huh? I, I, I don't think so. Is it is it three, two or I three? I think it is. We'd have to, we'll have to look up. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that. Well, you're the expert. Well, so. I only know the two in my lifetime that we won, okay. 68 and 84, but something tells me we won one in the 40s. Okay. I don't know if it was 45, something, to, but I, I, don't, I don't remember. Okay. Well, we'll get into the Tigers yeah. more. We're going to start with the Trinity. So Article 3, I'm going to read it. Article 3 of the Christ Community Church Statement of Faith is on the Trinity. It says this, God is revealed to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each with distinct personal attributes, but without division of nature, essence, or being. So last week we talked about monotheism, that we worship one God, And this week we move forward in our understanding of God that this God has revealed himself in three persons. Mm -hmm. That the church has always uh, found it important to speak of God as one God in three persons. On Trinity Sunday here at church, you read from the Athanasian Creed, which spells that out beautifully if you've never read the Athanasian Creed just google it because it's yeah you know as what what the creeds do for us is they uh in history God has used men to look at the Bible his inspired inerrant word and to think about it and to study it and and men have studied together and they've come up with these well-crafted documents the Apostles Creed the Nicene Creed uh the Athanasian Creed is one where the Trinity is very strongly um strongly uh, uh, discussed and thought through. And so that's, that's, super, that's super helpful. So let's start with the Bible. Uh, and let's start even in Genesis 1, because the word Trinity is not in the Bible. But, but why don't you walk us through how we see the Trinity even from the very first verses of yeah. the Bible? Well, the, the, the Trinity is shown in creation. Um, I think it's verse two talks about the spirit hovering over the waters in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Um, I think when we think about those things, the, it, it, it seems like 
a lot of the plan of God is derived, what we can understand in the Bible, from the Father, mm. though all three are involved. Yeah. And certainly we know from explicitly from the New Testament that Jesus uh, was involved in creation. And, and you know, I, I, I'm going to try to, it, it, when we think about creation, how, I've just, how it comes across in my mind. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the, the Trinity at whatever point uh, picks up, because we don't know. Um, it just says in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth because it begins to unfold our universe right. as it is and tell the story of how God would redeem a people for himself. And, um, I, I, you know, I just see as, as God does create and as Jesus does speak, to me, it's always, I can't, I don't, can't explain why, but it's, I've always had this visual in my mind of like this glorious painting mm. that every uh, sequence or day, however, uh, you would want to view that more of the mold of creation comes into existence. And that's where I think, you know, you get the spirit, it says hovering, um, over the waters that the spirit is there like I, for some reason alex i think i had heard that i, I probably had, maybe at a sermon even i don't recollect when but the picture of the holy spirit there is like a uh an eagle over her uh eaglets mm. over a nest mm. it's it's there and um you know obviously loving and protecting and, right and when I think of protecting, I said, well, was there something up against that? I, I wouldn't say no at that point, but who knows? Either way, we know that it's pretty clear that in language that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are involved in creation. Right. What, yeah. what, what comes to mind to you like when, you, when you're thinking about, you know, creation and with the and as far as the trinity goes well no everything you just said is what i would have said i mean I, like you said jesus john one john reveals to us that when when like verse three of genesis one says the lord said that that is speaking to the son in the beginning was the word and the word was with god so you do see all uh all three persons of the trinity at work in the creation which is interesting you know god says let us make man in our image. That's a first person plural. What's really interesting is, you know, I don't know if you remember this or not. One time we were uh, talking with our good uh, Jewish mystic friend, Ed, uh, at the, um, the lounge. And I was asking, because, because Ed obviously is not Trinitarian, right. Judaism has always been and still is a monotheistic religion. Like we yeah. talked about last week, they believe in one God in one person. Uh, Yahweh or or the Lord, um, and I was asking Ed about you know why do you think it says us you know let us make man in our image because the Christian interpretation of that is Trinitarian right we don't we don't get Trinitarian language until the New Testament we think of Jesus' baptism where he's getting baptized and the Father uh, speaks and the Spirit descends on him like a dove we think of uh, the benediction we often use at church. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, you know, the, the, um, uh, about, about Jesus, about Christ and, and God. Love of God. Yeah. Um, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So, so Paul is writing in Trinitarian terms under the inspiration of the Spirit. And so what we're doing is we're taking the whole canon and interpreting it in light of what's revealed. 
later. And But I just asked him, I said, so how do you guys interpret that? And I remember him saying something to me about God speaking to the angels, you know, uh, or, or, or something like that. But, but the angels don't create. don't create. And the angels, humans aren't made in the image of angels. And so right. even Jewish interpreters are trying to interpret their own scripture and are struggling which for us is so clear in yeah, light of further because, because revelation. Because God creates. Right, that's right. Right, right. And, you know, so, so just thinking about that, because under the umbrella of Christianity, um, not all theoretical Christian groups would be Trinitarian. Right, um, that's true. You think of Mormons, you think of Jehovah's Witness, and they would fall under the category, they wouldn't be defined as Christian to us, right? But under the category of the world, um, and they would de- they would deny Trinitarian, and I think probably at least make a quick note of this. It's important for any of us to understand in today's pluralistic, even forms of Christianity, that no one can be a Christian outside of belief in the Trinity. Right. It is one of it's those essential, essential cardinal doctrines. Al Mohler talks about first second and third tier uh issues the trinity would be under a first tier issue it you you're not a christian like you said if you don't believe it It wouldn't be a second tier issue like you have to agree to go to church together or a third tier issue that we can all disagree and still love each other if you deny the trinity um like the groups you said even holiness oneness uh pentecostals who would deny the trinity uh you are technically now people use this word incorrectly but you are technically a heretic uh, in that you are denying orthodox uh, Christianity. And so um, you, you mentioned creation. Let's, let's move now to, I mentioned Jesus' baptism, so the beginning of his ministry, but, right. but the, the first act of new creation is then the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth, which involves all three members of the Trinity as, as well. Absolutely. Why don't you speak to that? Absolutely. Well, I think what's, what's important in terms of like Alex and I were talking prior to just launching this about how we pray. Yeah. We by design, uh, pray Trinitarian, uh, addressing our heavenly father to begin and then closing the prayer, uh, in the name of the son and in the name of the Holy, under the power of the Holy spirit, because we want to teach. Yeah. Um, we think because that is true, and part of the way, you know, all of us learn is through repetition. Right. And uh, one of the things that I think we've kind of even noted, we have other members without actually going to them to pray like that. Now they're praying that way. Yeah. Um, I, I'm seeing that in context, like where I've had my flocks. Right. Where others have prayed, they're praying in that vein. And I think that's, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. I think because we're being built in it. Right. And I think. Uh, the Trinity is significant, kind of how, how we get into this. And the, and the, as, as you just mentioned, Alex, the launch of, of Jesus' ministry, you know, some uh, believe that was the, the, the point of uh, Jesus launching his ministry in baptism. But either way, right. however that unfolds, each member of the Trinity is vital not only from creation, but in redemption, that redemption going to eternity past, some would even call it in probably in reformed theology, uh, uh, a, a Trinitarian 
covenant with right. one another right. because each play a, a very, very important role. And Jesus is certainly for us and for humanity how we can understand who God is, but that's not to say that Jesus alone is in the work of salvation. The Father and the Holy Spirit, sometimes in our, certainly not in a Reformed sense, but there's there's aspects of certain flavors of create, uh, Christianity that get neglected. The Father and the Son uh, get neglected. So I kind of think we would all, uh, um, at least in Orthodox Christianity, would settle rightly on Jesus. Jesus is both God and man, and that he's the way that we can understand who God is and his life, death, and resurrection. But I think we should probably, because we're on the topic, talk a, uh, about a couple of things about the Father and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So why don't you take one of them and 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 take the Father? Okay. You want. Okay, well, talk, and, and then you take the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. So it's it can be easy, like you said, especially this is where I think we we agree that reform theology helps us give categories yes. where other people struggle because the Important. Father, no doubt, the Father, at least in you know recent American evangelicalism, has kind of been caricatured as you know the the poor uh, impotent old man who's up in heaven just hoping people will love him yes and that is not the vision uh, of god the father in the bible and it's certainly not historically how uh, augustine luther and calvin and all these yeah. saints have thought about god the father in reflection of the Pit bible pitiful yeah, yeah yeah pitiful state pathetic almost hoping that people will pay attention to it right and and so i've witnessed that in my life and there's no question no doubt. And so, like you said, when we consider that eternal covenant, that Trinitarian covenant, that, that agreement, that promise mm -hmm. that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit made with each other, we know biblically and theologically that that plan was enacted by the Father, that the Father yes. uh, commissioned the Son and then the Spirit after the work of the Son to save his chosen ones, his elect. And so he, he loved he elected, he chose his people before he even created them, before even Genesis 1, 1, to, to be saved through the life, death, and resurrection of his son. Mm -hmm. And then he would send his spirit to do the work that you're about to describe. Um, but but that, that whole plan, that, that, that good news, that salvation, that second birth, however you want to talk about it, all these terms are synonymous, was the plan of the Father. And that the Father then sends, he is the sender, the commissioner of the Son and the Spirit. Jesus says that the Father, you know, sent me. If you're receiving me, you're receiving the Father. We're even going to look at Mark. Talks that way a lot in John's Gospel. A lot. And so this, this week's sermon, actually, on Mark 9, sounds a lot like John's Gospel, where Jesus says, I'm about to be handed over. Uh, and he doesn't say, I'm about to be killed, like this plan is out of control, but the right. Father is handing him over. It's, it's a passive verb. Jesus isn't even doing it. The Father's doing it. He's handing him over. Yeah. And so we, we can't fully understand salvation apart from understanding the Trinity exactly. in, in their work. And so tell us about the Holy Spirit. I, I, th I think real quick to throw that in there, just so you guys could, because we know some of you, you have your Bibles out. Look at Acts 2, 23 through 25, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, mm. um, um, uh, Romans 8, 28 through 39, um, so some of these passages where you, you see, you know, the definite plan of, 
and the father's activity it, because you know the fathers i think i think with a lot of reasons there's scary terms yeah at that are that are attributed to the father uh uh elect choosing chosen predestination, predestination right. foreknowledge right and and because people get afraid and get neglect it, um, they lose the beauty of really uh, uh, the solid nature of the Trinity and how they're involved in our salvation. Yeah, it's a completely different picture. Right. That's painted. Right. Uh, and, and then, as you said, when you jump, we'll, we jump into the Holy Spirit. You know, e even the Holy Spirit is sometimes. Um, left diminished because really you know in terms of for us and for a, a, a christian the holy spirit enacts himself his ministry at regeneration and regeneration um is it, it precedes faith regeneration doesn't happen because of faith because of regeneration Christians then repent of sin and believe. That's why you see this language, you know, in the Bible about God granting life under repentance mm. in a, Timothy's epistle and uh, God ordaining and appointing Acts 13, 48. Uh, of course, uh, another great one, I think of Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Yeah. You see the active nature of the Holy Spirit bringing life to us. Yeah. And then that's how we're alive. Right. So important. Yeah. And there's a lot of ministry after that, but I think that's the one that in American Christianity is neglected. Right. Uh, we don't, we see him, the Holy Spirit's too often his movements from off what we do. Right. Rather than we live and have our being off of what the Holy Spirit did to us. Right. I think it's important. Yeah. Um, so, so just kind of by, by way of, of application, well, let me, let me say th three things first about explaining, because a lot of, uh, parents, um, struggle with explaining the Trinity to their kids or, or, or kids Sunday school teachers or anything like that. Um, because we do want our kids to understand about God, right? That's part of what we're given as a, as a home and as a church to teach our children about God. And so we don't want to use silly illustrations that don't work, you know, like the egg or the water or anything. I think it's helpful. You know, we, if, if you were to picture a triangle, you know, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the middle, there'd be a circle that says God. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit. The Spirit is not the Father, and vice versa for, for all of those. That's a, it's a helpful picture to think about this whole uh, language of one God and three persons. This is where catechisms and these kind of things are helpful because, like you said, repetition is how we learn. Absolutely. Um, how do kids learn their ABCs? They sing the song over and over and over again. How, how do kids learn that, that we believe in one God and three persons? We teach them that Absolutely. over and over and over again. And yeah. so um, I remember we had someone come to church, uh, started coming to our church not too long ago, and they, they noticed what you said about how we pray and even in our men's theology classes, we talk about the Trinity a, a lot. Um, and he said, why, why do you guys think it's so important to talk about the Trinity? I know more than any church I've ever been to, you seem to talk about mm -hmm. the Trinity a lot. And um, I think, first of all, like we were just saying with children, we, well, that's how God's revealed himself. Mm -hmm. And we want to know God 
uh, for for the God that he is, right? I for mean, sure. for he's he's shown himself to us in a particular way, and we want to be faithful to what he said about himself. Absolutely. And real quick, I, I couldn't think of the date, but look on our website, Pastor Alex uh, preached when we had to do live stream on the Trinity. You need to pull that down and listen to that. It's rich, and it's going to help, help, help you with all sorts of good content to that. Um, you and I did a series on the Trinity yes. too a couple years, years ago. ago. If you want to dig deeper, January. yeah, for our church people, it's on the website. So if you just want to keep scrolling sure. back, you can find we we did two for sermons sure. each and split those up. Uh, to, to me, you know, okay, let's just talk about a couple of things. What, why this is, why the Trinity is so important mm-hmm. for me as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, what's clear is that the Trinity is involved in the resurrection. Uh, Galatians one says the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Yep. Jesus in John 10 says he raised himself from the dead. And then in Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Well, only God is the one that can give life. Right. And I, I, I think until you come to a reformed position on the doctrine of the Trinity in salvation, you are not going to understand assurance and security. Yeah. And, and why that is so important, you're going to not see life happening to you Mm. differently rather than you're in the loving, compassionate care of a covenant God that loves you and is never going to leave you or forsake you. So no matter the circumstances of life, you rest in that confidence. And so eternal security is not just for the future, we rest in its truth. And I think, you know, this is for me and, and from the background it came from. I think until you get a reformed view of the Trinity and salvation, then, then it's going to have an inappropriate view. You're never going to understand what the Trinity does. Mm. It's always going to lack and, and you're going to have a greater uh, beauty. You're going to see the greater beauty of God. Right when you come to grips with the work of the Trinity and that they do it in perfect union. When I think seriously throughout my life, when I got begin to get a grip on that and came fully in at say 25, you know, I think it was first introduced to me when I was 24 mm. and, and, and fully understand it at 28, understand it in the sense of comprehending the truth. There's a depth to that that is beyond us, of course, because right. it's God. Right. Um, and you're wrestling with God. But when I, when I did come to that, the, the beauty of who God was and the assurance of what God does. And then it, how does that practically, well, obviously gives you confidence, but, it, but it, because we see the beauty of the Trinity and even creation, the balance of the uniform, I am forced, whatever body of believers I was a part of, to work for unity, to reflect the Godhead right. as the Godhead works in perfect unity so believers are to function in their local assemblies for the faith and they're to endeavor to do it of course the holy you know the trinity does it perfectly we're to strive for that for unity i think that's a practical application that that you know is it you you bring that to the table every week right when we come to gather together and then and which is the most important hour, hour and a half of the week, and then it spreads into various ministries, it begins there. Um, 
and, and I think that's a, a, a very real practical application for Christians. Yeah. I think one more point of application, because we could obviously talk about this all day, but we lived in, we live now in a Western culture that's so confused about gender identity and sexuality and all this kind of stuff. And, and understanding God, one God in three persons that uh, they are all of the same um, essence or being with different personhood helps us understand God creating people in his image that he created us male and female, both human being, but different genders, different sexes. And, and again, because he's God, the creator, that's the, that's what's true. We don't get to determine whether there can be other genders or, or changing genders or, or, but, but God has, patterned us after him in that we are one humanity with two different sexes or genders. And, and I think that's important because those distinctions happen prior to the fall. Yeah. That's how God created. He created that way before the fall. And I think it's well said that, that you do, you, you, you mentioned that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's obviously a very important, yeah. And like I said, we could talk about that all day, but we do want to transition now. And I'm going to metaphorically transition by putting on this Detroit there you have it. Tigers hat. Again, Tigers. for those of you who are just listening on podcast, this is some good radio. You can't even see me doing this, but, but it's a beautiful hat. It is a beautiful hat. We got that old English D on there. And we're going to talk about our Detroit Tigers in honor of baseball. If they've announced baseball is going to return, the Tigers uh, are going to play a season, albeit a shortened uh, season. And so as we talk about the Tigers today, Kev, I want to start and I want you to go first because yours will be, uh, will be older than mine. I I want us each to give our, our first kind of memory of, going to the ballpark or maybe sure. for you, your first kind of memories of watching them, you know, on TV or, you know, and so, so you go ahead and start us off. Okay. The, the first time I walked in to Tiger stadium was in 1967. Mm. In 1967, for those of you that were alive, you'll remember this being a Tiger fan. We lost out on the last day of the season we were swept by the california angels three games in a row and the boston red sox went on to play the cardinals in the world series and the cardinals beat them we would play the cardinals next year in 68 but my very first memory of that my dad took me to the ball game tiger stadium used to be called briggs stadium when it was first built um in the early 1900s uh 1900 something whatever that was no i wasn't alive then (laughs) And I didn't go to a game then, yeah. but I remember, I'll never forget this. Walking through the tunnel from behind home plate, two things just as clear now as when I was like six or seven. The greenness and the beauty of the grass mm. and the smell of cigars. Because back then, you could smoke cigars at ball games, and from first to third, there were men smoking cigars all over that field. So the beauty of that, and I'm telling you, I can remember that distinctly. That was my first. Now, in that year, well, that was next year in 68, I got, I got kicked out of a game. A Tigers. Kicked out of Tiger Stadium. My dad, uh, we played the, Detroit, the Boston Red Sox. Mm. We won a extra inning 
uh, doubleheader. Gates Brown won both games with pinch hits. And we were throwing confetti, and me and my sister, Karen, my brother, Keith, Danny Weldon, and Tim Settlemeyer, and my dad were all at the game. And uh, me, and I can't remember the other two. It was my sister and brother. Two, we got kicked out because we were told not to do it, and we disobeyed <laughs> because we were, wow. we were excited about the Tigers. Yeah. So I don't know if I ever told you that. I got kicked I out. I don't think I've ever heard that eight story. Eight years old. Wow. I've been a hoodlum ever since. Yeah, it started you down a bad road, <laughs> clearly. So the the Tigers, you know, the Tigers for me, the my first memory, of course I was born in 60, are, are the 68 Tigers. I'm going to try to remember. I'm going to try to Google this real quick while we're yeah, talking. Yeah. How many World Series did the Tigers win? So while you're doing that, let me give you, I went to Tiger Stadium one time. It had to be – in 1998 or 1999, I don't know when Comerica opened, but it was one of the last seasons. So I would have been 9, 10, 11 years old. Um, went with my dad and a, and a couple other family members, extended family. And, uh, you know, I was a kid. And so I remember being most excited about the mascot the tiger okay. mascot as sure. he was walking around. Absolutely. Uh, but that was at, at tiger stadium. That was my first memory. Uh, super cool. Um, second or, or the second, I guess, most special memory I have. And again, I'm going to do a visual for those of you listening on the podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm in case you're not watching on Facebook live, I'm holding a baseball. It's actually an official major league uh, baseball. Unbelievable. I went to a game at Comerica Park. It was for my birthday. Uh, my, my grandpa, which was my dad's dad, uh, who died a couple years ago at 102. Uh, the only game I ever went to with him. So me, my dad, my grandpa, and Andrew. So three generations of Logan Al men. And um, it's for my birthday uh, against the Oakland A's. Someone from the A's hit a foul ball. We caught it. I still have it. It's in my office here at church holding it right now. Yeah. Uh, foul ball. Awesome. Also, that day got a Bobby Higginson bobblehead. Wow. That that uh, we still have at the house. My kids broke his head off, but, <laughs> but so he doesn't bobble uh, properly anymore. But we do have both, uh, both pieces. Headless Bobby. Bobby. Bobby Higginson, who at that point when we were utter trash, yeah. you know, whenever that was, he was, our, he was our guy. And yeah. so I got a Bobby Higginson yeah. bobble. So, so that was my other special memory for my birthday, me, my dad, my uh, grandpa, and Andrew. For sure, for sure. Okay, real, real quick, because we're going to talk about, and we're going to get into the era that you've enjoyed a lot of good Tiger baseball. No doubt. I want to tell you about the two World Series teams. The 68 Tigers beat the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, we were down three games to one. I remember I was eight years old. I think we lost game four to put us down three games to one. And you, you know the World Series used to go like this. I think it still does. Two, three, and two. Right. The Tigers had the middle three games. Uh, I believe they split in St. Louis, uh, lost game three. I knew we had to win game four. I thought we would, even as a kid, thought we had to be up three to load, we lose it. And we get hammered. Uh, I think it was like 15 to one. And Ooh. I was bummed out. It was like a rain-delayed style game. And then the Tigers win game five. But you're still going back to St. Louis. And Jim Northrop was an incredible hero. Mickey Lola twins three games. 
Denny McLean won 31 games. He was 31 and six in 1968. That's unheard of now. Um, and the Tigers come back, and it was it was pandemonium. I remember even in the streets on Cayuga and Hazel Park, and it was crazy because the '68 Tigers had uh, come back, and I was you know we moved back up here. It was that year mm. we were living in Tennessee in Memphis that we moved back up during that year. And, and so you guys know the world series played in October then. And um, it was Miss Wozniak's class because all the games were day games, which is crazy. Yeah. And she would like show us for an inning and that's all we were allowed to watch. And she was my most hated teacher all time <laughs> because she, and I literally, uh, sprint home, you know, when we got out of school. But the Tigers won a World Series. 84. Now, what year were you born? 88. Golly, your dad just – he doesn't know about the 84 Tigers. Well, the 84 Tigers, uh, Val and I were in Missouri. So, oh, I do have this keychain that I stole from my dad. Impressive. That's old school. And this I believe – I believe this is 19 – well, this is 1988. So, this is actually the year I was yeah. born. So, this is even yeah. after what you're talking about. Tigers start fast, 35-5 and five out of the gate. They were 32 and five. We were living in Springfield, Missouri. I went to every game in the Kansas City series. That's we swapped them to go 35 and five. Then they went to Seattle and lost three more. It was a West Coast trip. Mm. We we were 35 and eight. But that year, Jack Morris throws a no hitter against the White Sox in April. Uh, we flew off. The, we go home. Val and I go home. We went to one game every series. So if the Tigers have a three-game series, we went to one game. They had a four-game series. We went to every home series. Val and I, we would pay three bucks a piece. To, That's so uh, cool. To sit in. It was, it was young marriage. Yeah. Three bucks a piece uh, and sit in the right field bleachers. Um, lots of guys I remember, people we got to know back then, and eat hot, hot dogs for dinner. That's what we did. That's that too was a cool, date man. right there. That you ain't getting what, in for three what a, what a bucks anymore. Wife I got. Yeah. She she put up with going and she's a baseball fan. God made her for you. Yes. No doubt. 84 so the 84 Tigers won a World Series. 87 we should have won it. Mm. We let the Twins upset. But really there's a great era of Tiger baseball from Miguel Cabrera. Right. And uh you know what was built you you talk about that because we we should have won one if not two World Series, but just how baseball blew up in your mind and right. Andrew loves baseball. He too. does. Andrew yeah. and Andrew's the one. Even though I have these early memories, Andrew's the one who really brought me into a love of baseball. And when we yes. were good, uh, it's it's fun to watch when they're good. Yeah, uh, like any team when when they suck, it's hard to get too excited. But yeah, so is. we we traded for Miggy, right? We drafted. I think we drafted Verlander, didn't we? So he yes. was home, he yeah. was raised in our system. He's and our guy. He we built that power team, man. The team that won the a the the central for all those years. And we went to the World Series in two thousand six. Mm -hmm. And here's my my one memory of that series, because that was the year. I mean, that was like two months after I moved down to Louisville to start as a freshman at Boyce College, and so everyone in louisville now now you gotta remember boys college kids are coming from all over the country yep. just like i'm sure they exactly. were in, in, okay. in springfield right. but there's a lot of kentucky kids a lot of tennessee kids a sure. lot of uh, missouri kids everyone there was pulling for the cardinals 
and me and my buddy from from Flat Rock, uh, who, who pastors in Flat Rock now, Kyle, we were like the only two rooting for the Tigers in that 06 series. And of course, <laughs> of course, we lost. But I remember that everybody was happy. Yeah. That the so what 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 do you what do you remember? What would you have to say about that for, that World Series okay, loss 06 in 06? Is when we lost the Cardinals. Right? right. Yeah. Because we lost the San Francisco. Giants. Yeah, we'll talk about that in yeah, a minute. Right, yeah. Right. So that's that series in 06 which again we gloriously turned around we lost 119 games a few years back yeah the miggy trade some call the greatest trade in the history of major league baseball mm. in baseball's history wow i mean that's saying so bold and of course miguel cabrera won a world series with the florida marlins as 19 year old third base he was in the majors at 19 crazy hall guaranteed hall of famer yeah and, I can remember when we got him, unbelievable. Uh, you know, Miggy's an unbelievable baseball player, great hitter. No doubt. But what what cost us that series? We couldn't handle the bunt. Hmm. I think I think the Tiger pitchers made five errors on uh, Cardinal bunts. Jeez. Throwing the ball away. Yeah. And and I, if I recall right. The St. Louis only won 83 games that year. I thought for sure as a world we were gonna. They did have Albert Pujols, but you can yeah. pitch around Pujols. Yeah. And Albert Pujols is amazing. But who, who is Zach rooting for? That that's that's a fair question because that's his favorite. Player. He's a Pujols guy. He was his favorite player. We went we went to the watch the Cubs and the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, because of uh, our family, we did a family vacation because. And Zach couldn't take his eyes off. Yeah. We went to batting practice. Yeah. He couldn't take his eyes. He loved Albert Pujols. Yeah. That was fun. Zach, we we need to know who you were, were you were rooting for in that. It was that's, it might have been fair Been a win win. But um, anything else from that series that sticks out in your mind? No, because we didn't do much. Was that? Did we? Did we, did win, we win one game? That's a good question. I don't remember. We might. Did we get swept? I don't. Remember. I don't know. Somebody remind us of that. Somebody's going to tell us. Yeah, somebody let us know if you see us on Sunday. Yeah. So let's move. Let's move to 2012 then, where we did get swept. And, and between it, we had like great years. Man, we the we, on we won the Central. How many? How many I years don't, I don't in a know, row? But we were we were we were good, involved. man. It was yeah. fun around here. Yeah, it was hype, man. JV was throwing no hitters for sure. One hitters, uh, man. We had man. We had at one point how many Cy Young pitchers on our in our rotation. Between JV, Scherzer, uh, we had Price. Price at one point. We did trade some in there, but that righty, we, that young righty we sent to uh, the Red Sox, he's had a great career. Yeah, man. He's still young. Yeah, he was good. I'm drawing a blank on his name right we now. We had Kenny Rogers. Did you say Kenny Rogers? I didn't say Kenny, Kenny Rogers, Rogers, no. Kenny Rogers was amazing. Yeah, Doug Fister was good. Doug Fister was yeah. amazing. Yeah. That trade to get both those, unbelievable. Man. And so – so we get to, to 2012, and um, we're, we're playing the, the Giants. Uh, it's hype, right? We had lost it in 06, and, but we had all these winning seasons and stuff, and we were ready to go, and they took out the brooms and they swept us, man. We didn't we, – we looked – we looked – We had yeah. finished off the Yankees and the A's, I believe, and we, we were off too long. Baseball's a game of rhythm. We weren't playing real action. It wasn't the same at practice. And and the Giants had, you know, won two tough series. And it was so deflating. We looked like 
an AFC team playing the New York yeah. Giants in the 1980s Super Bowls where they would just get crushed. Yeah. I mean, we got and, – And I, I think in 14 after that – Is it a 13 or 14? 14 or 14 yeah. that the Red Sox win. Yeah. Because we lose to them – and we're about to go up. We we won two. We would have won two games in Boston. Won the first. Won in the second one. And they take Scherzer out. He's tired. We bring in Benoit, and he hangs a change up to um, Big Poppy. Mm-hmm. And Big Poppy deposits. You know, Tory Hunter, who probably should have been playing deep to begin with. Yeah. Uh, he went storming back and went over that wall. I'm telling you, when he went over that wall, my heart sank. Because if we would have came, we would have came home. Two of those four games, or, or two those middle three games, we had the pitching. We were lined up. We would have never went back to Boston, and we ultimately ended up going back to Boston. Boston beat us, I think, four games to two, and they swept. Right. The Cardinals. You you've experienced a lot more baseball than Pain. I have, but that's that's legit the lowest moment as a baseball fan for me when Big Poppy hit that. Uh, because you're right, we would have, we should have won, and that was heartbreaking. So sports, and man. and and then nothing since then. I mean, we've we've yes. we traded J, JV, and he he's won a World Series with the Astros. Um, Miggy's like the only guy we've got left, you know, from from that crew. Um, okay, so but we have something going on here. Yeah, and this is what I want. This is what I want to finish with. Okay, and you're you're our baseball uh, expert and historian. What's it, what's it, what's how can we be genuinely optimistic about the Tigers moving forward? So we drafted your guy, your hype about that. What's the roadmap in your mind for the Detroit Tigers? I, look, well, I want to be fair. Mm-hmm. The Detroit Tigers farm system has not been good. They've not done a good job of developing players. And if you're listening, when JV got traded. Uh, to the Houston Astros and some of the changes they made that they noticed the Tigers have not been good teachers. And I don't know if it's because we basically hire former players here and they're, you know, they're not, we've not been a top tier team, but I think that's begin to change. Now we have, we're loaded with pitchers. We do need a lot of prominent uh, um, uh, position players. Torkelson, I was ecstatic when we drafted him. Okay. So you, you need to, we, we, our, our farm system, you have to have pitching. You, 162 game schedule, you have to have pitching. Okay. So we're in a light year this year. You know, we're 60 games to go and we're tied for first. Okay. It's <laughs> good. So it's okay, though, if we get last again, folks, because we're going to get the first pick in a draft. Mm. And, and we're building on something where these guys are coming up together. Our double A team is nasty. And, you, you know, you can't – baseball's different than football or basketball. You don't get drafted and jump right in. It, it, you, you, have to, you have to get acclimated. There are five leagues before you make it to the majors. Yeah. Rookie ball, low A, high A, double A, triple A. It's hard. There's a lot of great baseball players in the world. But I'm telling you what they're formulating in Riley Green. I saw Riley Green uh, this year, some photos of him. He, we drafted him out of high school. He looks like a man now. We drafted him as an 18-year-old. He is, and he is a hitter. So you got him and Torkelson. And I think what we're going to see, I think we need one more good draft. I think you're going to see then the, the new Illich. Is it Chris? 
he's going to begin to spend money. Mm. And in the, the wealth of pitching in the minor leagues, we can make a trade. And we've got a ton of pitchers. We've got Mize. We've got Manning. We've got Scooble. Uh, we've got this Perez that's come back from injury. I mean, they got big arms down there. Fiedo from Florida won a World Series, College World Series. They're stacked down there. And I, I would say, what's this, 2020? 2022. I know nobody wants to wait that long. Mm. But we got we to gotta start playing the young guys and get rid of these 30-plus vets that are filling. I, who cares? You know, we got to move them on and just let them, let them come in no later than 2022. And I think, I think we're going to be there. I, I think we're going to be contending. Baseball is a tricky game. We don't know, but, but I think they're rising. They're on the rise. Um, I think I read um, the Tigers have five of the top 85 prospects for the majors right now. Wow. That's saying a lot. Yeah. That's a wealth of talent there. Don't Ho- waste hopefully, it. Hopefully, you know, it's, it's always a little tenuous with pitching because the arms get injured. Yeah. It's a weird dynamic. It's probably the weirdest dynamic in any sport is pitchers in their arms, shoulders, and elbows. It's crazy. But having said that, I'm excited to watch the Tigers. And it's been a bummer for a little bit. I mean, the best action was Rod Allen, Rod Allen and Mario <laughs> and Pimba getting in a fist fight that nobody wanted to talk about, you know. Yeah. They fired both of them. They thought they were doing – That di- was the only bat racket we had. They thought they were doing WWE when it, <laughs> it was actually supposed you. to be baseball. I'm telling you. I had no idea they hated each other. I thought yeah. they were good together. Yeah. Wow. They're gone. Yeah. Well, it's no pastor interference, clearly. <laughs> Before we wrap this up, I did want to uh, show you uh, beautiful Christ Community Church folks, and I'll explain this if you're listening too. Besides the Athanasian Creed, if you're looking for something to read on the Trinity, Joe Thorne has this great little book. It's called Experiencing the Trinity, The Grace of God for the People of God. I'm telling you guys, it's it's only, uh, let me see here, it's only like 140 pages, and he, it's in three sections, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and each section has has chapters that are three, four pages long. God the Father is holy. God the Father is creator. God is powerful. He's present. All these different things. This is a helpful little book if you want to read more on the Trinity. The Athanasian Creed, like Pastor Kev read at uh, on Trinity Sunday, is a great place to start. And so um, that I think that's it for the Trinity and the Tigers. And uh, uh oh, uh oh, there it goes. Well, there it is. Flag on the play, and the call is uh, Pastor Interference. Until <laughs> next time. <laughs>